Shannon, welcome to my pod. Welcome to episode five of the Really Shannon podcast. Uh, Today we're talking about love. So in general, dating shows, I mean, there's a huge level of cringe. For example, um, I just started watching The Bachelorette. I've never watched it before. I think I've seen one or two episodes. Um, But because of the promos and like, you know, the sound bites, you've just blown up The Bachelorette and all of this. I had to, I had to know what was going on. Um, I I found out what the tea is. I'm not going to spoil it uh, here right now. But so I watched the first episode of The Bachelorette and it was so uncomfortable and weird. Like, there were just way too many guys and then they all had like bizarre entrances or nice entrances. And then as they were walking away, like she's standing outside, they get out of the limo or however they feel like arriving. And then she like says something weird like, ooh, nice walking away. Oh, you look so good. <laughs> and I'm like, is this is this what the show is? And then she kisses um, this one guy but doesn't give him the first impression rose. And it's like... I'm so confused. And the guys, like, are they friends with each other? They're all competing for her. They all know her from somehow. I, I think she was, I mean, I know now that she was on the show before and some spinoffs as well. So it's just kind of uh, uncomfortable to watch, but I'm going to watch it because what else am I doing? <laughs> uh, so having said all that, oh, if you are looking for a really good dating reality show, Are You the One on MTV is the best because it is a competition and they have to find their perfect match. So there's um, 10 people or 10 matches, so 20 people. Um, and then various seasons have other little kickers. Um, so I loved Are You the One because it's kind of like that game. What was that game called? Mastermind, I think. And there's like a certain number of combinations and the person who knows the combination tells you how many are right, but not which ones. Um, So it's kind of fun that way. So thinking about how uncomfortable a lot of reality shows are, like if you've seen Dating Around or Blind Date, um, even Millionaire Matchmaker is pretty uncomfortable and cringy the way people act. Um, When I saw the promo for Love on the Spectrum on Netflix, I thought to myself, oh, that's a really cool concept following, you know, people on the autism spectrum uh, dating. And then I thought, I don't, I don't want to cringe at people with autism. Like that would be so, like, that's not the kind of energy that I want. Uh, So I watched it just hoping that no weird dating show stuff was going to happen. And I can, I can say confidently after watching the season that none of that stuff really happens. Um, There's some really cute, funny, uh, break the fourth wall moments uh, that I haven't seen on any other reality show where they're doing, you know, a side interview about the date as it's happening and the date can actually hear them. So that was kind of, uh, well, it wasn't kind of, it was super funny because yeah, of course they can hear you. They're in the same room. Um, So, so yeah, so I wanted to start off with a little bit of research just to make sure I'm using the right language because that's so important, especially with representation. So I do know that when it comes to any type of disability or different ability, you always want to say person with instead of using the um, using it as an adjective. So you're not going to go and say like an autistic person. You're going to say a person with autism because the emphasis is that they are a person. Um, And a person that doesn't have autism is called neurotypical. And that's also shortened to NT. So I'm going to try to use that language now. Um, We do learn from one of the characters about Asperger's or Asperger's, um, how it is now not really used anymore, and it's all on the autism spectrum. Um, in 2013, there used to be five types of autism that people were categorized into, uh, but then it was widely recognized that it actually is more of a spectrum. But there are still categories just depending on the amount of support someone needs. 
I certainly don't have an expertise on autism at all, um, but I did a little bit of research as well and just reflected on a lot of the shows that I've watched that has, you know, ASD represented. Um, and you know what I found really interesting was a lot of the characters don't confirm their diagnosis. And I thought that was because they maybe the producers wanted to keep it vague or didn't want to be the ones to be like the full representation um, of a group of people and like the type of responsibility that that comes with. Uh, for example, if you guys are into kids shows, there's Nani on Bubble Guppies who notoriously doesn't really have facial expressions and, you know, not too much inflection in his voice and is kind of, you know, just super monotone. Um, and so it's widely speculated that he's supposed to have um, autism as well. You know, Abed in Community, Spencer on Criminal Minds. Of course, there's Sheldon on Big Bang Theory and even Amy, apparently. I don't really watch that show. I know I've mentioned it before, but um, he does have like the classical or the classic display of ASD. Uh, Bones on Bones, if you ever watched that show, and she's a very like widely loved character. Um, but that's the only female that I'm I'm mentioning. So what we learn a lot in the show is that uh, females with or women, girls with autism are, you know, underdiagnosed and the criteria is not as well known or well studied as it is for uh, males, men or boys. Let's go ahead and get right into the show. So the format is kind of varying. We meet a couple singles, we meet their families, and then they go on their first dates. So it's, you know, it's it's a lot to watch someone on their very first date ever. And there's a TV crew there and everything. Um, and then on top of that, we have a couple uh, participants who have actually been on dates or been in relationships, and then we have a couple couples. So I think there's a good variety, and the people they, they chose to focus on, um, they all had kind of a – there were a couple similar storylines, uh, but my number one standout was Chloe, and I think she's probably the fan favorite. Um it, it's not her first time dating. She's dated before, and apparently she had an ex that actually broke up with her once he found out that she was autistic. And they don't really dive too much into that. Um, so he was neurotypical. And I, I was I got to thinking about that because at this point, I wasn't sure if all of the dates set up would be like the daters will all be on the spectrum or some of them will be NT, but... Uh, they end up being all on the spectrum. And that's kind of an interesting dynamic, just thinking about what like the power dynamic would be if it were like an NT dating an ASD. Um, I, I feel like that would be a really interesting thing to watch. Uh, just because, you know, there's a fear of abuse, especially if someone is more, um, you know, dependent on the other one. So Chloe is the first date for Marcus and he's kind of, I think he's going to learn some things that you don't talk about on your first date, like, you know, um, watching gay porn and realizing that you might not be bisexual or that you have a preference for certain ethnicities. Um, hopefully, you know, someone let him know that that's not really appropriate to talk about on the first date. Well, maybe the not sure you're bisexual, but I think that could be a, a big uh, a big piece of information when you're just trying to see if you have things in common. Uh, but Chloe is openly bisexual, which is really cool. And they don't really uh, dwell too much on that. She's just looking for a person. And she has a really sweet date with Lotus. And they're just so cute and giggling. They go to pick sunflowers. Um, and sunflower picking is super fun too. I actually did that this summer for the first time. Um, and you get to just enjoy nature and walk around. They didn't have a photo shoot that most people do when they go sunflower picking, but they were trying to get to know each other. But we find out later that it doesn't really work out. They go on a second date, but they don't pursue a relationship. But I think that really just opened Chloe's eyes to maybe dating people with more dating experience. And, um, it was good 
for Marcus that Chloe was his first date because she really led the conversation and, uh, you know, gave him some ideas of what he should be talking about. She had some great leading questions. Uh, so I, I think she'll definitely be successful in finding someone. She just was such a standout. She really had a great personality and lots of great things to talk about. Uh, she was one of the ones that mentioned she had a late diagnosis, which was kind of like heartbreaking to hear about. And then I'm going to skip ahead to Olivia, who's in later in the season. She's an actress um, and going on her very first date. Uh, what I found interesting was with Olivia, we couldn't really tell what her living situation was. It didn't seem that she lived with her parents at all. But when you watch her leaving her apartment, there's no lock on the door. So it looked like she was maybe living in a, a group residence or some sort of dorm situation. Um, but she doesn't really go into what type of support she currently has. She talks a lot about how, you know, she went undiagnosed for so long and there weren't a lot of people that could understand her. And that's just, it's so heartbreaking to hear. And I hope that, you know, that raises awareness for people. It could be that because there aren't a lot of criteria for girls or there is a stigma around autism and it being a disability that parents might be in denial if they see the signs and more so ignore it than embrace it and work with them. So Olivia had, you know, a bit of a controversial moment that the people on the internet didn't love. And that's when she says she's in an acting group for people with disabilities. And to her date, she said something like, oh, you couldn't join because you're not disabled. And then he gives a you know, like, you know, not all disability is vis visible. And she says the same thing to another date. So everyone was all up in arms like, oh, you're a hypocrite and this and that. Uh, but she has clarified the situation that they didn't know going into the blind dates if they were going to be set up with someone who's NT or also on the spectrum. So I think there was definitely more to the conversation that happened. And she kind of got edited in a, a bad light for that. Um, especially since she's putting so much effort into her own representation. She has a thing where she uh, jumps around and dances, and that's like a release for her. And so when one of her dates and her are dancing and she feels like she he's mimicking her, she gets very hurt and upset. And, you know, that just like goes back to the fact that she didn't really have support growing up and – it, it was really hard to watch because you know that she probably has been through a lot of teasing um, or just people not really understanding her. Uh, but luckily, they all move forward from it and she goes on a couple dates on the show and seems to get a lot more comfortable with it. Uh, she says in the beginning that she's always the crusher and not the crushy. And I think that's just a matter of time. You know, you got to get out there and go on different dates and figure out, you know, who you connect with. She had some funny moments where she like, I think she burped and <laughs> farted, which is like, yes, own it. I I do that too. I mean, whatever. If the gas is there, you got to get it out. <laughs> you can't hold it in. Um, so as long as the dates are comfortable with that, especially if it happens on the first date and they get over it, that's how you know you found a good one. You know, someone who's not going to dwell on something like that. <laughs> So my next single, I'm going to move on to the guys, is – so I'm going to start with Mark. So we first meet Mark as a date E or uh, the date that Maddie's meeting. And then he becomes um, a person that we follow and we get to see him go on another date. He's really into paleontology and dinosaurs. Um, so he asks Maddie to take her to a second date to the museum and he's just – given her all these facts and, you know, just expressing his interest. Um, and then we see him again at some sort of like group retreat. Um, and so I think that's kind of cool. We get to see like many parts of his journey because when we first meet Mark, he seems very confident, very comfortable on his date with Maddie. And it really comes across to me as though he practiced a lot and like he was very prepared for that date. Uh, but then as soon as he was in, you know, more varying situations, he was a little bit less prepared and we saw him get stressed out a bit and not really know how to act. And that was at the bowling alley. Uh, so we got to see a lot of sides of his journey and, um, overall, you know, I think that 
that was a really good storyline for the show. Uh, but what who I found the most interesting is Calvin. Um, and he was who I was re- referencing earlier when he was on his date with Jessica. So it's his very first date ever. And they go to a Japanese teppanyaki restaurant. And actually, Roald and I's first date was at a teppanyaki restaurant. So that's kind of fun. Uh, so he goes, um, he gets to show off that he can speak Japanese, which is just another amazing fact that, you know, he describes his autism as a gift that allows him to focus on one thing at a time. And so he is so accomplished, especially with his anime drawings. We only get a quick glimpse, but the artwork is just like mind blowing. And, um, you know, uh, he really likes, anime and actually i saw an instagram pic of him at an anime convention with um amanda who was on michael's date and she likes anime conventions as well so it's nice that they like became friends i presume it's through the show but could be they could have been uh, connected in another way so um calvin his date jessica she was pretty cool she uh didn't doesn't like waiting so she brings her nintendo switch to the restaurant um, to play while they're waiting for the food. And I think that would have been really great for someone who like also really likes Nintendo Switch. Uh, But Kelvin doesn't really seem to. Uh, So, you know, he wasn't very good and she wasn't very into it after that. Um, And then I guess he misunderstands that as her not liking anime. And that's when she interrupts his, his interview just to say she likes video games more, but she does like both. Uh, so they have some funny moments. Um, they're eating and she's fumbling with the chopsticks. So she asks him, oh, how, how are you so good with the chopsticks? And his response is, I feel like this should be the response to everything. He goes, I'm a Chinese boy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, how? I mean, I I don't really know anyone who doesn't know how to use chopsticks, I don't think. Or, like, if they don't, then they always just get a fork and you don't really think about it. Uh, but I thought that was a really funny response. So, um, yeah, Calvin, I thought he had a great personality. He seemed a little bit sheltered. Um, we get to see a bit of his relationship with his dad, and his dad's a single dad. Um, and... You know, it seems like he's trying to stay positive, um, but he didn't really want to share any of like the struggles that he's been through. Uh, so that brings me to my next topic, and that was the people whose parents were a big part of their storyline on the show. And I think a lot of people were, you know, taken with Michael, um, who I mentioned went on the date with the with Amanda, and that's when they are so formal and they go to this really formal restaurant. It's his very first date. He wants to be a husband. That's his number one goal. And he wants to be a loving, doting husband. And that's all nice. He has a couple, you know, borderline misogynistic comments, like very old-fashioned thoughts. And his family kind of laughs it off. It's like, oh, everybody needs a Michael in their family. So I, I wonder I wonder about that dynamic. Like, I know we're only seeing a glimpse of it, but like always just like laughing and treating him as you know, what he's saying is kind of a joke. I don't know if that's going to help him develop into, you know, more, uh, more current, uh, more current mindset towards relationships and like what he's actually looking for. Cause he, he wasn't really describing what it is in the day-to-day relationship that he would provide and that he would want his wife to provide. All he knows is he wants an epic marriage and that's fine. That that that's a scenario where he needs to go on a lot of dates, and he realizes it. I thought he was very cordial with Amanda. She was having anxiety and did not want to continue the date. I don't think it was personal at all. I think it was literally the scenario because there's a camera crew there. Uh, you're at the most formal restaurant ever. Like it's pretty intense. Uh, so he was very understanding. He handled it well, and I think that helped him realize that there's going to be there, it's going to be a long road. And it's a long road for anyone. Well, for most people. Some people, it's not a long road. Um, as well, we have Maddie, whose parents were very involved as well. And it seemed like their angle was that they really wanted her to get, to get into a relationship so that she would have a partner in life. And they describe it as like someone to take care of her. But what I was seeing it as 
like someone to share a life with. And I think that's what a lot of parents would want for their kids. And that's definitely admirable. Um, but yeah, Maddie as well is one another one going on their first dates and her first date was with Mark. I thought it was nice. He gave her flowers and chocolate. Uh, for her as well, I think it's going to be, you know, a lot. There's just got to be a lot of dating, a lot of experience. Just see different types of people, meet different types of people. She's definitely outgoing. She leads the conga line at the party. Uh, so she for sure will will find her match. Um, she's very hesitant on agreeing that she wants to have kids, but then she goes on this really great date and I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't make a note of her date's name, but he's self-taught on the piano and then he plays her the theme from Skyrim and it's really freaking cool. I thought it was really cool on his date. <laughs> uh, I would like to see him in a future season and, you know, see what his journey is like. So after we get through all of the singles and their parents, um, and a lot of it are first dates and just kind of getting out into the scene. We also meet Jody, who is, I think, an occupational therapist, and she kind of leads them through the motions of, you know, a first date. But she really gives them like tips on, you know, pull out the chair, do this, do that. And if you're going out with an NT, then yeah, for sure, like you're going to want to conform to society's norms. But I think. I mean, I, if they want to talk about whatever they want to talk about on a, a date, I think they should just be able to do that. And you don't have to like pressure someone to fit this mold that we have. I know there are social, um, social like a, a culture of behavior that a lot of people are used to. But if you want to, you know, talk not in a flowing conversation and the other person gets it, then I think that's fair too. I think there was a lot of pressure to try to like fit into the society's mold. Um, but I, I mean, they seem to feel like they benefited from her classes and, you know, we don't get to see it all. I just think for the purposes of dating, it wasn't really necessary, but I, she did lead them to say, oh, we make sure you talk about if you have a common interest. And even if you don't have one, keep looking for another one. Yeah, that's the first step. But then what do you do after that? But I guess that's what it is. It is like they're, we're just following their first steps. Um, I loved the couples. So Thomas and Ruth. So Thomas is the bus driver and Ruth, she's got her little pet snake. She collects business cards, which is such a cool thing to collect because it's like a scrapbook of everything you've done or every business that you've, um, every business that you've patroned, <laughs> patronized. I don't know. Anyone that you've ever purchased something from or had a service from. Yeah, so it's like a book of memories. And then it's also a good reference if you want to go there again or reach that service again. So that's a really cool collection. I love that. Um, they have a really cute picnic, which was quote unquote entirely scripted. Uh, so I'm glad that they got a nice date and they got engaged. And actually after the show, they ended up getting married even during coronavirus. Um, yeah, so they have a cute little date and it's nice to see a couple like telling us about their relationship and then really their reward is getting this cute date and you know it's not too invasive um, but what I loved is how Ruth described them as more than in love and I think when you're in love and in a healthy relationship and things are going well that's how you really feel like you're just you're more than in love and so that was a really sweet relationship I loved watching them we have Charnay and Jimmy, who I loved watching as well. Like, it just shows that you can find your person because Jimmy has a very tough time realizing that his socks are the wrong color for his suit. And it's a big important day because, spoiler alert, he's going to propose. And not just propose, but propose by singing by the waterfront with a professional pianist on camera. So, yeah, you want your socks to look good. You don't want to be wearing wrong color socks. Me, personally, I don't care. But... I can, I can see why that bothered him. And so instead of, you know, shutting it down and being like, oh, get over it, Chardonnay was like, okay, well, let's go get you the right color socks. And then they do and they go on and have a great day. Uh, so I'm glad that they were able to find them because my first thought was like, what time of day is it? Where are they? How close is the nearest store? What kind of socks are going to be acceptable? Because are you going to the mall or can you go to a drugstore and get socks? I don't know. I didn't know what the situation in that regard was. Um, 
he's also a pool prodigy, which was so cool to watch. And just another thing about, you know, people with ASD, they really can focus on one thing and just be an expert at it. And the way she was so excited when he won, it was super cute. It was it was great. And uh, I hope he's super successful. That's awesome. So overall for the show, I thought the representation was good. I did have a couple issues with it, you know, and you can go online and read, read essays of people on the spectrum who watched it and how they felt about it. But I agree that the music and the transitions were infantilizing, patronizing. Like it just made them seem like children. And it seemed like they got um, a piece from a regular reality dating show where you say your likes and your dislikes before you meet the person. But the way that they presented the likes and dislikes intro was like like too quirky, like for children, not serious. Um, it, it was the same with, remember that show Next where they would say something really rude about the person before you met them? But that show like it was a show of like uh, abuse. Like you knew you were going to get made fun of. That was the whole point. You walked out the bus and then they said next. Um, so this one, I didn't, I didn't love that aspect. I didn't think it was necessary. Um, but yeah, besides that, it was pretty white. Like Kelvin, as I mentioned, is Chinese. Um, and then some of the people that were on the dates with them, um, where, you know, in the multicultural vibe, but it didn't feel, yeah, it didn't feel like there was enough representation from different races. I think that is also commentary on people of color being underdiagnosed as well. Like, so there's, there's lots of facets within this community that need attention. Same with the, our society is like just society in general. But it's a quick watch. It's not a long season. I've heard they're in the works for a season two. They're casting in the U.S. right now. Uh, so that'll be, I, you know, every time a show comes over to the U.S., it kind of loses a little bit of its charm. I liked that it was in Australia because I spent a lot of it wondering if it was in Australia or England because then they said they were from Newcastle. And I know there's a Newcastle in England because that's where the people from Geordie Shore are from. Um, so then, but then like they had Australian accents, but did they? I don't know. Speaking of accents, there's quote unquote the autism accent that, uh, some people might get from watching American media. So that's, that came up with Olivia's date and I, the, you know, there's speculation about Jessica as well. She said she's had, she has no relation to the U S whatsoever, but she has this like really kind of Jersey accent. So, yeah, I mean, I ended up figuring it out that it was in Australia and there's also a Newcastle in Australia. Um, <laughs> there were no like kangaroos hopping by, so it's hard to tell where they were. Uh, but yeah, so they're um, casting for season two. Um, but season one, it's on Netflix. It's an easy watch and you're not going to be mean cringing at anything. Um, and hopefully you walk away with a lesson as well. And if you've watched it, let me know in the comments if you agree with anything I've said or if there's anything that I missed out on. I didn't talk about, I think it was Andrew and he had all of the connects. I will just say that growing up, I loved connects as well. I hated when the little tiny piece would get stuck in the star piece, but those star pieces, like I loved those. I still love connects. Like I can't wait till Thea's old enough to play with connects and then we can, you know, be engineers together. Okay, so let's take an ad break. And then I have something really special after the ad for you. Hint, it's a guest. Ad break. So I recently got myself a little gift and it was a Malabead bracelet from onemorebead.com. And this is um, actually my former yoga instructor for when I was doing uh, mommy and baby yoga. So this is a business that she runs. And um, the bracelet I got is the Open Lotus. I was first drawn to it by the color scheme. And then the intention was for openness, growth, and support. Um, so it had three stones, the sunstone, which increases energy, transforms a lack of confidence and self and self-belief into new levels of strength, enthusiasm, and possibility. 
There's also white jade, which is known as the dream stone, which brings good luck, creativity, and wealth. And lastly, there's pink zebra jasper, which is known as the supreme nurturer. And it helps to support and sustain during times of stress. And apparently this specific strain of jasper encourages you to set your goals high and not to give up until you have achieved your dreams. And I'm just reading this straight off her website. Um, So there's lots of great bracelets. There's men's, there's women's, there's necklace, there's stacks. So have a look. um, And then you can read the intention of each one and uh, see if it vibes with you. I wish I could have literally all of them and then just interchange them depending on the day and the vibe. Uh, But that's where I'm at right now. So uh, that's onemorebead.com. And yeah, let me know if you have any questions. I won't have any answers, but I'd like to know what your questions are. Hi, I'm Ruald, and welcome to my wife's pod. <laughs> How was that? That was really good. I'm, I'm glad with that. Um, Ruald here for the second part of the pod. And I thought it was really appropriate because we've been talking about love and relationships. <coughs> He is here too. too. We were talking about love and relationships. And while we're not experts, we are celebrating 12 years of dating on the day that this is uh, released. So I thought, what better way to celebrate? There are other ways to celebrate. And one of them is me going golfing with my friends and not with Rolt, which is a little controversial. But I'm okay with that because I love Shannon. When I scheduled the golfing, I just said Sunday. I didn't realize it was going to be the 18th, but I really want to go. So I'm going to go. We make it work. And um, we decided a while ago on our 10th anniversary that we weren't going to have a big celebration on our dating anniversary anymore and just celebrate our wedding anniversary, um, especially because my birthday's coming up too. So lots of pressure on Roald for that. Um, But I get to go golfing and he gets to act like he's okay with it. I really am okay with it though. (laughs) All right. They already love you. Don't worry. So we're all to get started. uh, One of the questions that's asked on love on the spectrum to the daters is what do you think love is? And I want to know, what do you think love is? And we're talking about between two people, the love between two people, right? Like, like a romantic love. Mm. Because I feel like a lot of love is between two people. So that didn't really narrow it down. No, you can, like, I can say I love blueberries. Yeah, you do. I do love blueberries. <laughs> okay, so what do you think romantic love is? Romantic love, honestly, it's um, it's hard to define, in my opinion. But it's, it's a feeling for sure. Um, you have to find someone who... Honestly, you want to be around with all the time because when you're married, you are together all the time. Aren't we together all the time? Yeah, it depends on the marriage. Of course, there's lots of people who have different types of marriage. No, exactly. And we do our own things. Yeah. From time to time by ourselves, with our own friends. Yeah, it's hard to say what you think love is if you're not going to also define what's important to you in a relationship. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, um, you want to... You want to um, find someone who you want to help uh, grow in themselves, in uh, their career, um, grow a family. And that's basically what I want, how basically I knew I loved you, except you and I wanted the same things in life. And I wanted to be beside you for every step in life. And why don't you tell our listeners about the time that you first expressed to me that you thought oh, I no. was the one? <laughs> I thought we weren't going to tell that story. We're not. You are. It's it's pretty embarrassing. Anyways, okay, fine. What year was it? 2000? Well, we weren't even dating for a full year yet. I think we were like six or eight six months, months in. in. Yeah, so it must have been the spring. And it, yeah, it was the summer because um, me your- and... The boys and I went to Niagara. (laughs) (laughs) The boys and I went to Niagara Falls um, just for a boys weekend to, you know, drink. And I was okay with it. (laughs) Six months in. Yeah, it was surprising. Um, Anyways, we went to uh, a club that night and we got 
pretty drunk. Mm. And um, I got so drunk that I needed a breather. So I went outside. I decided to give Shannon a call. <laughs> um, I had no, uh, I guess, expectations or plans to tell her that I loved her. But, you know, we kept, we just uh, did some small talk, you know, how the night was going and all that. And then and the one thing that I remember from that conversation was that you guys got bottle service, but the only bottle that you described getting was champagne. And then you were like how they brought you a plate of strawberries. That was true. <laughs> I was like, true. what? Because I, I mean, I had never been to a, a club or got bottle service at that point. Well, <laughs> to be fair, we, we were drinking uh, vodka whiskey at in the room in the hotel room so we're like we can't get another bottle of vodka <laughs> let's do champagne and of course you gotta get strawberries and the strawberries was a bonus it was it was nice okay so go ahead so, so at this point you are in like i'm like in, in the hotel casino complex yeah. sitting on the floor and there was it was busy there's people was around busy. me yeah and then i just oh, got emotional oh. and i just said I just said, Shannon, you're the one. But it was, <laughs> but it was more like, Shannon, you're oh, the one. Yeah, I was, I don't know. I was very emotional. He was very emotional. And then he was like, oh my God, these girls are laughing at me. I think, I, I, I legit think they took pictures of me. So <laughs> if you have those pictures, send them through. We need to see them. That'd be amazing if <laughs> one of you girl, one of the listeners were, were at that, at that club. At that moment. <laughs> yeah. That so, wasn't when you realized I was the one, but that's when you first expressed That's it. when I thought I should express my feelings towards Shannon. Yes. <laughs> and that's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. I um, love that story, though. So back to love. <laughs> love and relationships. Yeah, yeah, yes. for sure. So in my opinion, and obviously maybe other people's opinion, it has to be obviously 50-50. Mm -hmm. You can't love someone. You can't give 100 to someone and receive zero back that's not true love in my opinion mm -hmm. um i can tell you what i think um are keys to to keep the love going between two people Ooh, what are some of the keys so communication is number one mm -hmm. yeah am i right yeah like it's even to the point where i will actually narrate everything that i'm doing so that you don't ask me any questions well we've learned in our relationship where you cannot <laughs> even thea thinks it's funny um we can't assume things from each other we have to communicate on what we expect and what we want mm -hmm. yeah. right so with communication you need to i found um a big uh help was i had to listen <laughs> Oh, good. Listening is key. You have to listen to your partner and uh, and understand why they feel a certain way or how they feel or yeah, like part of listening is listening for the unstated needs, whatever they're not saying literally. Of course, take in everything that they're saying literally, and then try to figure out what they mean because sometimes you don't even know what you mean when you're trying to communicate or you don't know what you're expecting. Um, but you understand what I'm trying to say when I don't know. I, most of the time. Most yeah. of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> um, and after all the communicating, you have to be there to support your partner. You you decided to, um, I guess, go on this journey with this person. And life will be hard if you do not support each other. Like, I feel life, I feel that Shannon and I, we wanted the same things in life. And we support each other in all aspects of life, and it just make it just makes uh, loving Shannon easy. Oh, <laughs> that was really cute. Um, so you. that's I think that's a vague description of what I think love is. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you what do you think love is? Do you agree with me? Yeah, I agree with all everything that you say all the time. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> No, I definitely agree with that. I think that there's got to be um, room to be yourself and grow and room to watch the other person be themselves and grow. Okay. What do you What do you got going on? Thea is She's craving for our she attention. Wants the attention. It's actually her nap time in about uh, half an hour or so. Oh, no. Oh, and she spilled her milk. Spilled? Spilled. Spilled. <laughs> 
I think we're going to edit this out. Or we might just leave it in. This is... Uh, really real, us. This is really Roald and Shannon. And Thea. <laughs> and Thea. Yeah, for me, like, I think you have to be able to be yourself and be out there. And, I mean, I think a lot of people know me for having a really strong personality. And while while that comes from being, like, independent and being myself, having Roald always being there to support me, and I know that is, he's going to love me no matter what I say or do, um, it's, it's a huge help. Of course, I still try to control what I say and do. Oh, Thea, your milk is falling everywhere. <laughs> Drink your milk. How about you just sit down quietly? <laughs> Can you clean that milk before it sticks? Yeah, so when it comes to making a relationship work in the day-to-day, something that is really important to discuss with your partner, especially if you're moving in together or taking a relationship to the next level, is the division of labor and really assigning value to everything that has to be all of the effort that is put into making a household work. And that's not just about like physical things around the house, but of course the mental load, um, the planning, the financial, all of those things that are not really visible or tangible, um, assigning value to that and making sure you're both contributing even evenly. Um, so because Roald doesn't like dealing with any of the bills or like, you know, um, if something's wrong with one of our orders, you, sending an email, he doesn't like doing anything like that. <laughs> if something's missing from our Uber order, it's super simple on the app to say that it's missing, but uh, he doesn't like that. So that's my job. And that stuff, it's not consistent. It happens when it happens, but I have to take it on. And so I assign a very high value to it, especially since I have to write very convincing emails often or have uncomfortable phone calls. Like for example, we closed one of our credit cards, we paid it off. And then I guess because of the time of the month that I paid it off, there was still some interest due. But I had already cut up the cards, I already deleted it from you know my pay, my pay history. So I didn't have the card number to actually pay the remaining interest. Um, so I'm like, oh man, I don't want to deal with this. So I just called the card company and I gave them a convincing speech on how I shouldn't have to pay it. And then I didn't have to pay it. So whatever that interest was is a dollar value. I assigned my value to that. So now I can go and buy myself something with that amount of money. And I got this bracelet. Amazing. <laughs> but so, that's the kind of thing that Rawal does not have to worry about ever, right? Like, do you feel that you don't have to worry about that stuff? Well, yeah. And you make that easy. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And so then I don't have to worry about what do I not have to worry yeah, about? Enough about what Shannon does. How about what I do in life, in because, everyday life? Yeah. So tell us. Tell us what you do. Uh, I do all the... Well, I okay, not okay, all the cleaning. Relax. I do, relax. We don't need the hyperbole. I do most of the cleaning in the house. Okay. Like, say you do the routine cleaning. I do the root. Like, I I do the vacuuming. I do the mopping. I clean the kitchen. <laughs> once a week, yes. That's once true. a week, yes. I sometimes do the dusting as well as I do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I do all the cooking seven days a week. For all the cooking, really? Oh, okay. Shannon does the baking, but for the for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks. That's basic. That's mainly my job for both the girls, which I love. I do. I make pancakes. You, for uh, her okay. Yes. Shannon does that too, but I'm just talking about like day to day. Day to day. Yeah. I usually get that done. Um, I take out all the garbage. Mm -hmm. I do all the laundry. Well, uh, I help fold it occasionally. And Shannon does help fold. Yes. And laundry. Yes. And I occasionally put my laundry away. And I do, uh, I clean Thea's, uh, I do uh, her cloth diapers as well. 
That's a team effort. That's I a- feel like we do that 50-50. <laughs> I don't think you should take 100%. So what do I do? <laughs> well, I mean, you're making it sound like all I do is sit on my ass. No, 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 no. Um, Shannon does a lot. But I do most, I think for me, I what I do for the house is I do the, the, the day-to-day stuff. Yeah. And then Shannon does all like the... Uh, the mental aspect and she does all the planning, but I just, you know, I just do the upkeep and, and it just works for us. Mm -hmm. And we, we, the way we do um, the chores in the house is we uh, divide them all up. And basically if you don't do your chore, the other person is allowed to give um, you shit basically. Yeah. Like I clean the bathrooms. So if I haven't cleaned the bathroom in a minute, I give her shit. I get in shit. Yeah, that's true. And I do the groceries and oh, put them away, even though with you do the every, cooking, with which every, is very confusing. With everything happening, only one of us does the groceries. And um, Shannon, she's, she works from home. Everyone knows that. And she's cooped up in this house <laughs> from Monday to Friday. So on Saturday, this is it's her, it's her day out. So yeah, she does true. the grocery shopping. She does anything we uh, say we need something from Home Depot, she'll go or the dollar store or shoppers or the liquor store. I don't even drink and I end up going to the liquor store and carrying huge boxes. And I'm very grateful. (laughs) Um, You haven't even gone into the fact that I do anything that involves power tools or home improvement. Yes, Shannon does (laughs) all. She has her own power tools and she loves... um, making stuff DIYs, DIYs yeah yeah and our first place together she made our dinner table yeah and, a bench and the bench it, it yeah. was amazing it wasn't the steadiest bench um but I actually have some that would we took it apart and I'm gonna build a planter box uh for the garden which I'm super excited about but yeah anything around the house that were all things that we need going on or things he disagrees with that i need to do diys on i just hide in the basement and do them by myself and then let him know when i'm done so that he can support me but you know what listening to this podcast and how you have to support your partner all the time i think that when i come to you with a diy that you think is ridiculous you should just blindly support me is that okay Yes. Okay, because I want to put wallpaper on this closet right here, and you're like being so mean about it. You can do Take whatever. That offline. Do whatever you want. <laughs> no, I need your support. I need you to cheer for me while I do it. Back on the subject of love. Um, <laughs> did you have any other questions? Do you, you want to summarize what 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 love is and what you know, and or you have any questions? Yeah, like, I mean, if you're going to segue into a topic, you don't ask the person if they have questions. That's, you know. Oh, I just wanted to get that away from the back. wallpaper because that could be. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think we I think we summed it up like how we make our 12 year relationship work. It's not always rainbows and sunshine, but pretty often it is. I mean, oh, shit, that's a lot of milk. What's going on with this freaking cup? Cl- this is gonna clearly, it's difficult to record a podcast with uh, an 18-month baby trying to get baby her attention. Tra- yes. And it's <laughs> like 20 minutes to her nap time. So Yeah, so we're going to give her some focus. But I just want to ask you, Rewald, if the uh, in the future or any future children that we have comes to you and says, listen, Dad, I'm going to be on a dating show called The Bachelor at how would mm-hmm. you feel about that? On the Bachelorette specifically, or just a show that a dating a show. Dating show. A dating show. Honestly, depending on what the show is, if it's not like um like exploitative. Yeah, it's not like a joke to people, like you know, like X on the Beach. Is it a joke? I don't know. Like, but I like that one. But is it like is it really um true to the people who are on that like is it for them it's for the it's for entertainment it's for entertainment and i would want to show like for example love on the spectrum i think that was very genuine genuinely made Mm -hmm. and i would love if Thea would go on a show like that yeah like more documentary and it showcases the actual people people. and 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 what they really want in life and 
or or in love. Oh, she's gonna do it. So I would say I would agree. I would I would I would make sure. How old would Thea be? <laughs> I would say twenty one. If okay, like, if she's twenty one, think... she's old enough to make her own decisions, and I would support it. I would ask, you know, is the show is the show genuine? Is it is it really is it is it for good? Is it is it just is it, or is it just for entertainment? But at twenty one, I would trust her. I would trust her. I would respect her judgment and i would agree yeah and if she wants to go on camera and party and be weird whatever live your life girl <laughs> he's just not agree with that i think we would um raise thea to be a respectful young lady i hope that you can be respectful and want to party on reality tv uh, true yeah I'm sorry no Hard hate no hate to people no, on shade, the, no, shade. no yeah no shade <laughs> uh, well this was fun yeah thank you so much for being my very first guest on the really shannon podcast and if you guys want more of myself on shannon's podcast comment on her instagram posts about, about this show comment really row but like comment in like a uh, like uh, like emojis. Yeah, with like like a disappointing like really row. Oh yeah, yeah. Say like really. Yeah, row. Really. No, like really row. Really. Yes. Comment really row, <laughs> and if we get ten comments, I mean my what's following's your, not that big. <laughs> what's your max comments on one of your posts? I think it was like I think I had like 15. sixteen. If we get twenty comments saying really row. You'll be on episode 10. I'll be on a future episode. <laughs> you're still going to be on a future episode with a wrap the comments. But you guys, you're in control. You're in the driver's seat. Um, just like if you're American, you should vote. I mean, if you're Canadian, you should vote. But I don't think we're doing a voting thing right now. Um, yeah, you should respond to this for sure. Um, but we will next time. Um, maybe wait till Thea's asleep because she really wants to talk to the microphone. Here, Thea, talk to the microphone. There, say something. Say hi. Well, now you're shy, huh? Thanks, guys. I I hope you uh, enjoyed me on Shannon's podcast, and I think this was really fun. I would right. love to to do this again. Thank you, guys, so much. Tune in next week when we talk about. I don't even know what we're gonna talk about. Your birthday. My birthday, but what show are we gonna watch this week? Uh, we can decide. I don't know yet. Okay. We don't know yet. Okay. Bye. Bye. Really, Shannon.